Hi, this is the MPRS podcast with me, Mike Fan, and we're on a mission here to transform York into the fittest, healthiest and happiest city in the north. And we want to teach people how to transform their lives forever without doing any more of the quick fixes and fad diets um, and basically waste any more time and money and effort on the things that just don't work. The way we do it is by teaching all of our clients our simple four-step system to losing inches, dropping pounds and getting loads of compliments and keeping those results forever rather than yo-yoing and going back to where they started. So I look forward to sharing with you what it really takes to feel fitter, healthier and happier for the rest of your life. So let's jump straight in. You're joining us today on this podcast, MPRS podcast, and I'm going to be joined by the ever-elusive um, and good friend of mine, Dave Cottrell, uh, otherwise known as the Mindset Guy, or Mindset by Dave, if you are finding him on the internet. And um, I'm going to dive straight in and hand over to Dave who is going to tell you a little bit more about himself and why, well, why we talk about mindset. Um, Dave. Good morning, Mike. It's a, a pleasure to actually be here. You know, obviously, we've just talked before, come on, about this being 10 minutes. So I'm going to, this is going to be very much the cliff notes. Um, who Dave is, I basically come from a background with both type 2 bipolar disorder um, and an eating disorder. So I've suffered from poor physical and poor mental health throughout my early stages of my life. Um, I was bullied in school, which led to me um, developing an eating disorder, non-purge bulimia. And I didn't look after my health until I was sort of in my 20s, mid-20s. Um, just let life happen to me, basically, and just tried to kind of eat my way through it, I suppose. Didn't exercise until then either. And it was in my mid-20s when I started exercising, started um, weight training and started doing doing a lot of cardio, basically the whole eat less, move more thing. Um, probably took that too much to the extreme, ate too little, moved too much, but it was a learning curve and I've moved on since then. And then it was later on um, into my early 30s, I'm 37 now, where I find sort found sort of the final piece of the puzzle for me, which was actually becoming a coach. I was working as a musician, well, a musician and a sound recorder at the time. And I needed a job that was more stable. And believe it or not, a personal trainer is a more stable job than that, even though it's a not 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 renowned for being the most personal, the most stable thing. Having other people to have that focus on became one of the best things for my mental health. Um, I was working on my own mental health alongside that with things like CBT and NLP and mindfulness and stuff. But that actual having someone else, that reason, that why to get out of bed in the morning, those other people was a big changing point for me. And over the course of the years of that, I'm literally about to do my last ever PT session tomorrow morning. Um, wow. I'm leaving the personal training side of things because three years ago, I started understanding, well, a little bit earlier than that, I started understanding that everyone kind of knows about to eat less and move more. And everybody knows that running's, you know, more energy, more, going to use more energy than sitting on the couch. And everybody knows that broccoli is probably a bit more healthy than pizza. What people struggle with is the is the why, is the well not the why actually they it's the how it's the how to do the how we understand how to lose weight but we don't understand how to get ourselves to do it 
So I became a bit fascinated with behavior change, started doing some courses on that. And when I did that, it kind of made all of the whole, everything I've been through and all the therapy that I've been to and all of the, you know, all, all the NLP and the CBT and all that stuff that I'd done. It was like, I suddenly had this big, I used to call it the shotgun. There was like a shotgun in my head where there was all these scattered pellets everywhere. And that course turned it into what I call a spider's web. It's like, oh my God, this is all connected. Um, and from then, for the last three years, and I basically, I was about to do a nutrition seminar in the gym I was in. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to do a nutrition seminar. I'm going to do a mindset seminar. And I did that in October 2016 and just knew. Just that was one of those moments where I never planned to do this. I never planned to be this person. But I just knew that was what I wanted to do. And for the last three years, that's what I've done. And as of January, that'll be the only thing I do. Crikey. Because like, when we first met through um, a mutual friend, Stephen Ash, right? Yep. Uh, where was that? That was in London. Two years and, ago. Uh, two years ago. Holy mm. moly, that feels like ages ago. But um, that was a, a summit, I guess, of people that were interested and are interested in practicing in all things mindset, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've seen like your stellar rise since that um, since that initial meeting. Um, could you describe to me like how how um, how have things changed over the last two years in terms of mindset for you? Okay, well, I'm glad you. I'm glad from the outside it looks like a stellar rise. Um, from yeah. the in, from the inside, <laughs> it didn't. It certainly didn't feel like that. It felt like a very slow climb. Um, and I would say that, like, as your, I mean, we chatted just before about you doing the Gary V challenge and things like that. Right now, as I'm sure you've mm-hmm. seen from that. It's just giving yourself that permission to put the stuff out there, giving yourself permission yeah. to, to turn around and go, hang on a minute, actually what I have got to say is worth something. And I think the thing for me was I realized that I didn't have to be all at the way at the end of the book. I just had to be a few pages ahead of the people I was speaking to. In fact, actually, that made me more relatable to the people I was speaking to because rather than being like, hey, I've done absolutely everything and I've completed mental health. It's like, you know, it's... I'm, and then, and then you basically don't complete it though, do you? you well, exactly, ex- exactly. That's the whole point. Um, yeah. It's like so. Rather than being that person that was kind of unreachable, unattainable, like you know the type of person that I put people off by going, "Oh, yeah, well, that's all great for him, but you know, not for me." I that was where I where I placed my focus really, and it was after that seminar, the the one three years ago. It was just kind of like it was one of those moments that I was just like, right. I don't know everything about this yet, but I can't wait to learn more. I can't wait to kind of get stuck into the next topic and get like, and um, there was a podcast that really made a bit of a difference for me. Similar, around about the time I actually discovered Gary Vee myself, which was about, which was about those um, maybe four years ago now. It was the um, the Shalene Johnson show and I don't listen to that show anymore, but it was one of the integral parts to early, my early kind of what got me going on social media which was, um, she talked about structuring, ta- sorry, scheduling time for implementation. 
I've mm-hmm. been one of these people that thinks that knowledge is power. I grew up thinking that I was I was not very physical, but I was pretty intelligent by the standard of the school that I was in. Um, my intelligence, interestingly, was one of the things I was bullied for. So I kind of suppressed that, but I would read a lot at home and I would absorb a lot of information. But the self-help became shelf-help. You know, I just didn't do anything with it. I read the book, put it back on the shelf, and then I did yeah. absolutely nothing with it. And this yeah. thing, that this one little sentence about structure and time for implementation, really changed things for me because I was like right you know what what I'm going to do now is as soon as I learn something I'm going to go and apply it because knowledge isn't power knowledge is potential power your application of knowledge is the actual power itself so I just got my number one rule of mindset is we get better at the things we do often and you can get better at keeping your opinions to yourself or you can get better at putting them out there. So every time I would sit back and say, I'm not going to do this post, I'm not going to do this post, I'd get better at that. So to the point (laughs) at which I was really, really good at not telling people these things. And again, it's like I had that whole imposter syndrome thing at first as well. Like, who am I to... um, who am I to be saying all these things? What do I know? I'm just some kid from Liverpool who, you know, lived through some bullying and lived through his own mental health and all the rest of it. And it's actually, you know what? There are people out there with half the knowledge but twice the proactivity that will talk about these things and they will get listened to. It's not about... It's actually, you know, um, and Gary Vee talks about like the talent will rise to the top. It's like, yes, if if the talented person and the untalented person are talking as loud as each other, are putting as much as are putting as much out there. If the talented person is shy and keeps themselves themselves, doesn't ever tell the world or show the world what they know or what they can do, then if they're reluctant with that, then someone who's not, someone who's way more proactive but half as talented as that person will actually will fill that space, you know, and it's. Uh, so that was kind of the point at which I had to realize it as like, right, again, it's no use me just having this knowledge in my head. I need to do something with it. And once I started that, yeah, it was hard because it was a complete change of direction from keeping things to myself. But eventually, mm-hmm. as I said, it was like a slow climb to me. It's like chip away, chip away, chip away. Um, as you'll know from posting content, sometimes you've got like something that you think, oh, this is the most impactful thing I've ever written. I can't wait to put this out there. A hundred people are going to respond to it and all the rest of it. And you put it out there and it ends up like completely honestly flopping. Tumbleweed. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And you think to yourself, oh, wow. Well, that was, um, you know, that wasn't, I I expected. And and that was another part of the journey was actually learning to just put it out there and not have the expectations. So... So that helped a hell of a lot. So I, I basically say I want this message to get to people, but if I put it out there, I don't. I hope for it to get to everyone, but I don't expect it to get to everybody. Mm-hmm. And hoping yeah. for it and wanting it is one thing, but being ex- expecting it made me vulnerable because I'd be yeah. like, "Hang on a minute, the picture I put up of my dog got like seventy likes, and the, and, um, <laughs> and the pic and the, the the post I've put up about about you know ways in which you can actually." like seriously impact your stress levels got like four and it's like yeah. you know we're told but about- you can't take that you can't take that as a marker though can you no. like we're learning that you know there are so many people that are on say social media who who look right yeah. they have probably consumed your content they have potentially taken on board what you've talked about however they've maybe not hit the like button or whatever or engage with your content because uh, personal reasons maybe you know they don't want to be seen to be engaging with that stuff 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I talked to one of the guests on my podcast last week about this and um, she just, she lost her dad um, earlier this year. And she said that like he was he was one of these people that would just help everyone out in the in the building that he, he lived in, and that you know basically after he died, she'd be over there helping her mum sort out the place and stuff. And then all these neighbours would come in and be like giving their condolences and talking about how amazing her dad was and all the things that he'd done for him for like for the yeah. building. And she was yeah. like, "Did you ever tell him this while he was alive?" And she was the, the guys yeah. they were all like, "No." And um, yeah. I think there's a big thing that is, there's a message that I'd like to put out for anybody. It's like I I quite often reach out to the people that um, that have inspired me and have actually have helped me along the way and tell them because ultimately, like like I said, then you know we we can only go off a number of likes. And as I say, I have to say, well, there's more behind the likes than that. And it took me a long time to get to get my head around that well I, I sort of understood it intellectually early but emotionally it took me a long time to get my head around yeah. it and yeah. um but i do get those messages from time to time of people saying oh really really enjoyed this piece of content you know people come up to me in the gym and talk to me and it's, it's mm-hmm. ga- guys as well like they'll they'll come up and talk to me and i think again they're talking to me face to face and no one's seeing them hit like on that so there is a little mm-hmm. bit of a there is a little yeah. bit of a distance from it as well yeah. But the thing I would love to say to people is actually, if someone is important to you in your life, tell them, tell them well, and tell them while they're here to hear it. You know, I work with, from mindset, I don't just work with helping people lose weight. I work right the way up to the most serious of cases. I work with suicidal people. And one of the biggest thoughts there is often that they think that nobody likes them. They think that nobody cares for them. And we all know that anytime someone loses their life to suicide, then a ton of people come out the woodwork and think about and go on about how amazing the person was and how it was such a waste of a life and all of that. It's like, show those things to people while they're here to hear them. And and it's... um, and it's just also it's it's a wonderful thing for both you and the other person as well because telling someone how awesome they are it makes them feel good but it actually feels good to say those things too you know it feels nice to actually express gratitude and express love and express joy for somebody else totally i mean like i'm i'm a massive believer in gratitude both expressing it and receiving it um like it's something that i coach all my clients out on as well like in terms of mindset and how I coach it it's I'd stay I'm you know probably miles apart from your approach in terms of how much more developed your knowledge and experience and application is of it however the the reason I wanted to talk to you today is to to get to the get to the crux of why why mindset is vital like you know over these last 10 15 years or so we've seen the rise of um, so many different charities um, and so much more awareness of mental health of you know um, it's not just mindset it's like mental health like being yeah. healthy in the brain in the mind right um, and yeah. what what are your feelings on that in terms of the rise of of mindset as as something else to exercise if you will yeah well i've got i've got mixed emotions about it now because of the rise of it being so monumental just like with the fit with the fitness industry and the physical health industry there's a lot of crap out there (laughs) but on (laughs) on the flip side there's a lot of good so the one thing i would say to anybody is is go into everything with an essence of critical thinking you know like be 
kind of be analyzing the people that you're listening to and if you do find someone whose stuff that you like watch quite a bit of it so that you can see whether or not that person's just hit the nail on the head with one thing or whether they've got mm. whether they've got like a history of of knowledge on the in this area because a lot of people throw around cliched sayings like it's okay not to be okay and a lot of people mm. say reach out to me I'm there um and you know aren't <laughs> so so it's like just just vet just as you would like if you were you know if you were getting a health coach over PT these days it's like vet that person and um and and look at the kind of the bulk of their work and and don't just judge them off one piece of content same actually if it's t- if it's a terrible piece of content don't judge someone straight away off the one um but why I think it's so important is the easiest way I can say it is if you think of it as like you think about it as a filter right it's the like we all we all use filters or at least consume filters by being on instagram and things like that now and we all know that the right filter the right angle can make anyone look completely different and that's the way it makes the world is your mindset is the filter which your which you process things through someone with a negative mindset could go through a positive experience and only see the negative it my my mom unfortunately has a very negative mindset um we went to rome last year um and literally she complained about absolutely everything the entire time um like the, the most ironic one really being that on the way out she complained that there were too many announcements on the plane and on the way back she complained that there weren't enough announcements on the plane it's like um it's kind of like a happy where's the happy medium and she's not always been like that so this is an important thing to think as well is that you're with there's there's the expressions about a fixed mindset and a growth mindset neither one of those things are fixed so like a fixed mindset isn't fixed forever it just means that at this exact moment in time you're not trying to push the boundaries on it same as someone with a growth mindset they can fall into a fixed mindset because my mum definitely had a growth mindset when she was younger and um so if we look at it as the filter in which you process everything through you know some people can look if they've got a positive mindset they will be able to make the distinction between i'm a failure and i failed which is a very big distinction you know i'm a failure because failure is not the opposite of success failure is part of success we talk about you know thomas edison and the thousand times or ten thousand times or whatever it was that he got the the light bulb wrong before he got it right it's like if he'd have just been hit that first one and said i'm a failure or even hit the 500th one and said i'm a failure it's like no that was a failure this failed i failed at this i failed today um you know it's it's a very key distinction so because the thing is as soon as we become overly fearful of failure we become fearful uh well we don't become fearful of success but we restrict ourselves from success because the chances are when someone becomes overly fearful of failure they don't take chances anymore and if you're worried like okay whatever go out and try and run this marathon and i don't make it to the end well i'd rather just sit at home and never run it's like well you're not going to make it to the end you literally get the outcome that you were afraid of and I can vouch for this. I used to have a problem speaking to people before conferences. I'd be fine afterwards because I've already been up and spoken and people already know who I am. But I was terrible cold speaking to somebody, absolutely woeful at it. And um, it was because I was afraid that they'd think, who the hell's this guy? And why the hell's he talking to me? And I'd had a freeze and I'd not be able to talk. So I would avoid those conversations. And every single time I avoided those conversations, I got the exact thing I was worried about. I got I got the lack of conversation, the lack of communication with a possible new person. And it was only once I realized that and I thought, you know what, I've got to sort of be bold and actually take these risks. 
um, it was when I started actually then going and having these conversations and I've made some great connections that was and that was by the way with me being my and my monumental rise as you as you so affectionately put it um, that was only last year like um, yeah you know that was only this was only last year in the middle of my current sort of journey as a coach I would I would publicly speak and yet not be able to speak to an individual up until last November so wow so it's it's again it's not something that you're born with it's not something that you're stuck with um if you believe that you're stuck with it you probably need to challenge that thought because ultimately if you believe you're stuck with anything you're only ever going to see those things if but you, if you we are all capable of growth every single one of us and that is one of those things that actually i would say unifies us we all want growth so when it comes to when it comes to specifically you know helping yourself to feel fitter healthier and happier which is you know the um, the point of this podcast and why i'm trying to get out there and help as many people as possible by interviewing you know people like yourself what would you say what would you say that is the is the main part that mindset plays when it comes to those three key things feeling fitter healthier and happier okay so um if i can i'd like to share a bit of a story on this and i think it's going to be relative very relative to um relevant sorry to your audience with you you know with mprs being all about running um your self-talk is one of the biggest things i would say if you nail your self-talk then you you know basically i think you've got you've got the vast majority of the pro, of of things of things right by that point because we're literally playing a playing a conversation playing a situation playing a scenario in our head all the time yeah. and just yeah. like we can get good at talking like bigging ourselves up well we don't we get really really good at putting ourselves down we're all brought up with that whole be humble don't brag and instead of just don't brag we go straight into self deprecation now mm-hmm. Last year, well, literally this time last year, I was preparing for the Manchester Marathon. And um, I was up to, I think I'd just done 17 and a half miles just before Christmas. I was, uh, and the the marathon was in April, so I was flying. um, And for the sake of your, for the sake of your listeners, I'm a 115 kilo bloke. So um, (laughs) I'm not little, I'm not a runner. Um, Well, I am a runner, but I'm not what you'd consider your traditional runner. Now, um, I got a super eager and on the 29th, I think of um, December last year, I decided, right, well, I was, I did the 17 and a half miles, but they weren't particularly fast. So I went for a really fast, well, fast for me run back from the gym and um, the jet back from the gym is 5.6 miles. Now I normally run about 11 minute miles and I thought, you know yeah. what, I'm going to get, um, I'm going to get one of those miles out of those 5.6 under 10 minutes. Um, and I don't, Ouch. and I don't, and I don't care about the rest. Um, I ran <laughs> the whole average on my Strava was, was 9.56. So for five, wow. so 5.6 miles from the, yeah. yeah. So basically, and I felt amazing, right? It's like, you know, you've, you've hit an achievement like that. You're, you're absolutely loving it. Um, and the next day, I kind of went back in the gym and I thought, right, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do some light recovery cardio on the cross trainer, no impact because I struggle with my calves. And um, then I woke up on the 30th, uh, no, sorry, on the 31st with a really bad pain in my lower back and no feeling in my right leg. Um, the 31st is obviously New Year's Eve. It's also my wife's birthday, and we went out drinking and dancing. So I danced on that sore leg once the pain had gone because of alcohol. 
And um, on the January the 1st... Had it really gone, though? Oh, it was probably just Well, last, exactly. Right? It's not gone, is it? But you just don't care. It's, um, <laughs> it's liquid painkillers. And yeah. so on the 1st of January this year, I basically woke up and couldn't walk. And... Um, and we were we agreed to go to Cheshire Oaks, which is like a designer outlet on the way home. Because, uh, and I basically had to sit in Costa the entire day while my wife went shopping, which is not the world's worst thing, but it's you know I prefer it because I'm sitting in Costa by choice rather than necessity. Now, anyone who's listening can, can will imagine this now. I now go from having those seventeen and a half miles to not being able to run at all, and it was six weeks before I could run again. And if you've ever done anything. The second time, you'll know that we psychologically, even though your body's more capable of it for the second time around than it was the first time around, psychologically, it's so much harder to do something the second time around because we've hit all these PBs on the first time. And now those yeah. PBs seem so much so far away. You know, I went yeah. from 16 miles to 17 and a half and all the rest of it. And then I had this situation when I first got back to running, couldn't even go on the road. And um, I basically had to get on the treadmill and I thought, right, I'm going to, I'm going to just run as much as I can. And yeah. I ran half a mile in on the treadmill with an absolutely agonized calf. And, oh. um, and my half mile was 11 minutes. So literally I was running yeah. what a 22 minute mile. It was that, Crikey. it was that slow. Now I knew at this point that I had two choices. I could get off that treadmill and my self-talk could be, ugh. It's only half a mile. You did 17 and a half yeah. before Christmas and you've got a marathon in six weeks. You're never going to be prepared for it. Now that yeah. that self-talk would do, I don't, I don't believe in motivation. I believe in momentum and that type of self-talk ruins your momentum. It like it basically sends it right the way to the toilet. Motivation, we either think of it, it's there or it's not. It's on or it's off. Momentum is a scale and it's a scale that we can be on various points of it at various times. And our self-talk is one of the big things that dictates how we get along with that scale. So I knew I could have said that. And I knew at that point I'd have probably burst out crying, gone home, got into bed, cancelled my clients for the rest of the day, watched Netflix and, and never ran again, probably. But instead, I did something different. I got off that treadmill and I probably burnt more calories doing the greatest, biggest, massivest happy dance that you can imagine. I sent the signal to my brain that what I had just done is good. I basically I did this huge dance and I I recently asked them if they had CCTV on that area and unfortunately they don't. But because um, I was like I want the film I need I need my Instagram following to see that I'm not talking crap here. Like um and then I did cry because I'm a big emotional yeah. sort, sort um, but I cried happy tears. I was like super proud of myself. And um, as a result, I got back on the treadmill the next day and did a mile. And then two days after that, I did a, I did three miles. And then I went for my next mile on the road. And then on the 8th of um, April this year, I did 26.2 miles around Manchester. So it's that the, the, moral, of, know, yeah, the moral of the story is that Think about a baby, like if you were teaching a baby how to walk, when a baby's learning how to walk and it crawls away, crawls up to the couch, goes to walk away, and you know yourself, it's only ever going to take one, two, three steps away from that couch. But no one in their right mind would leg it up to that child and sweep its feet out from underneath it and say, don't bother doing that until you can get across the whole floor. Yeah. For any single one of us, in order to get to the thing that we want, we have to get through the things that we need. And what we do is we go, like you might get someone who starts in the new year and like and goes, Oh, well, I made one run, but big whoop, it's only one run. What's it gonna you know, yeah. what is it in the grand scheme of things? And then goes back to the couch. Or I hit my I hit my diet well for a few days, but I failed at the weekend. It's like, oh well, I guess I'm I guess I'm just not good at this. It's like, no, you've yeah. just got good at the way you were before. 
And now you need to get good at something new. You are a child learning to walk. And if you whip your own feet out from underneath you, like and by telling yourself it's not good enough, then you what will happen is you send a signal to your brain that the thing that you've just done is bad. And if we think the thing that we've just done is bad, we won't do it again. You know, if you put your hand on a hob and instead of it burning you, it was just a nice warm glow, you'd leave your hand there until the thing was burnt to a crisp. But if so if but we don't, it feels painful. And if we make ourselves feel pain when we're actually trying to do the thing that is going to get us towards there, then we're, we're off to a losing start. What we need to do is actually take a moment to be like a little fist pump, a happy dance, a pat on the back. Take a moment to just say well done yeah. to yourself. Because this is the, the, the kind of crux of it all is that every single one of us wants self-esteem. And for our entire lives, we wait on our parents to do that. We get we wait on, you know, teachers to do that. If when we're older, we maybe get a coach like yourself or me and that coach will help you with that by telling you you've done a good job. None of that is self-esteem. That's all esteem because it's not coming from yourself. The person yeah. that you need to hear, well done, this was good enough, I'm proud of you, let's go again from, is yourself. I mean, like that is totally, totally relatable because the the people that I help here in York are invariably people who were fit in some way, shape, or form. So you know, the same with you. You know, you got up to seventeen and a bit miles, kind of thing, and then life got in the way for yeah. most of them in terms of family, business. You know, lots of things have come up, and they've taken that break from having been on it from having felt like they were you know they had their shit together in terms of looking after themselves in terms of feeling fit healthy and happy Um, and then they want to get back to that after that massive break and generally two things can happen they can either generate that initial momentum so you know they do feel that motivation to start and then they get the momentum and then it's about whether they can keep that momentum up on that sliding scale as you talk about and whether they can get it up to enough momentum to then carry on or whether they fall at the first hurdle in terms of talking themselves out of it because you know they go to the gym once and it's like the most horrible thing they've ever done they're you know they're chucking up in the corner or whatever um and then they don't go again because they're comparing themselves to how they used to feel and how much easier it was to run 17 miles and they're beating themselves up and saying you know why bother because that's what i used to be able to do but now look at me yeah absolutely so i totally hear you there in terms of talking yourselves down talking yourselves out of things yeah and one word that i want to just highlight that you said there is they compare themselves and what you said is you said you compare themselves to who they used to be there's that meme there's that sort of meme quote thing that goes around on the internet that says don't compare yourself to anyone else just compare yourself to who you were yesterday and that meme stop that quote stops being useful when who you were yesterday was an absolute badass and today you're a guy who's hobbling around with sciatica it's like Mm -hmm. No, we can hit the reset button. There's no, there's no point comparing ourselves to us or anybody else at any point because, you know, Teddy Roosevelt said comparison is a thief of joy. Now, if you've got if you've had your joy stolen, <laughs> you're not going to have that moment. That you're not that's going to get rid of your momentum. It's going to get rid of yeah. your ability now. And the thing is, you're worried about not being again. Going back to what we said about me not going up and talking to a person. If you stop running because you because because you're not able to run the distance that you want to anymore, 
and you're worried that you'll never get there, well, stopping running is a surefire way to ensure that you do never get there. Yeah. So you're guaranteeing yourself the very thing that you're trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I get that. Okay. I usually quote Kung Fu Panda on that. <laughs> often, <laughs> often, often we meet our destiny on the path we choose to avoid it. <laughs> well, we Kung Fu Panda. It must be Kung Fu Panda three by now. Isn't it's it? well, like, Kung Fu Panda be, three was ages ago. I think it's. Okay. If there's a new one, it must be four. <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. I'll have to uh, dive back into that to uh, get these quotes for our for our next interview. I'm pretty certain they're actually stolen from proper Chinese philosophy. So uh, <laughs> I think it might. It's probably from Confucius. It's like, okay. I, d- okay. I doubt it's from because uh, it's it's the turtle played by Jackie Chan that says it. He says it to a. Uh, yeah. He says it to the other master. Um, yeah. Uguay says it's a Shifu. I'm showing off my knowledge of Kung Fu Panda. Here. <laughs> <laughs> See, like there, there is no template for what someone who is um, what I, how I would class you is a key player in the mindset world, right? There is no set way that you have to be to to be um, helpful in the mindset world. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave that there. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you very All much right. for uh, for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I know you said keep it to ten minutes. Uh, it's been like thirty. Yeah, it's been don't like, worry. It's been like thirty-two. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all been useful, right? Well, the main thing is what I, I want to be. <laughs> to to be helpful, and um, it's it's been very helpful, Dave. Cool. Very helpful. Well, thank you very much. And in terms of like, where can my listeners find out more about you? I kind of mentioned it at the start, but where where would be best to find out more about you and what you do and how you can help? Okay, I am Mindset by Dave, all one word, everywhere. So on, tw- I don't really use Twitter. Twitter just gets my podcast sent to it, and that's about it. Um, Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram, I do use. It's pretty much the same content on both on Facebook and Instagram. So Instagram's my yeah. preferred place to um, to hang yeah. out, and um, okay. yeah. So, but you'll get the same content on either Facebook or Instagram at Mindset by Dave. And I think the only exceptions to that are occasionally if I do a longer video, which goes to Facebook, and because you can't put them on Instagram unless you do an IGTV. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. There you go. If you would like to find out more about Dave and what he does in terms of the mindset world, he is going to be um, diving head and legs and everything first into mindset. And he, as he said, he's dropping the the PT thing and he's going full blown 100% mindset from January. If you want to find out more, then check out the links that I'll probably place under this podcast. Um, is there anything else that you think is important that you'd like to add, Dave, before we sign off? Um, yeah, I'll just I'll use one of my absolute favorite quotes from a poem I wrote, which is, you are not weak, the journey is just difficult. It's not about you not being able to handle the task, it's about the task being difficult. And if we look at things that way around, rather than focusing on ourselves being the problem, um, we get that momentum and we actually start working towards, getting towards the things that we want to achieve. Brilliant. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Dave. No worries. My pleasure. Thanks for listening in to another episode of the MPRS podcast. If you haven't already, click subscribe and you'll be notified as soon as another episode drops. 
Also, if you'd like to join us on our mission here at MPRS, which is to make York the fittest, healthiest and happiest city in the North, then all you need to do is visit our website, www.michaelfan.co.uk. That's www.michaelfan.co.uk. Thanks.